What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terrence? Good old humor. Good old humor, man. Yeah, man. Not a podcast, not a new week. Yeah, not a twentieth March. Mm. So, um, I think the March holidays just ended, lah. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of parents are relieved that the kids are back in school. Mm. Um, you know, did you did you do you face a lot of crowds over the weekend? Crowds of kids and families. Ah, uh, not really. The only event I went to some uh like fair like uh, event thing, but. It wasn't mm-hmm. kids, like, it was more like targeted towards adults. Like. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I did see a lot of kids walking uh, on my uncle walk today. As in walking to school, like, not just going for uh, a walk. Walking to school. Got it. Uh, walking okay. to school. Yeah. Yeah. So things are, I, th- I guess everyone's back in the string of things, like, you know, like, uh, uh, I think there were there are a lot of uh, big events this weekend, whether it's like children's fairs or, or flea markets and things like that. Mm-hmm. And and I think what, there's the chat to chat market and all, right? Plus Harry Styles. Uh, Oh yes, Harry, Harry Styles, Styles last weekend. weekend. Uh, I mean, I didn't go lah. I didn't go. Mm-hmm. But it tells you, yeah, life is uh, back to normal lah. Or is it? Because you know, <laughs> this this literally what we're discussing today, lah, right? Yeah lah. But then now I don't know whether the conversation you were having was just a segue or whether you were actually having a sincere conversation. It is a sincere conversation. Lah. It's just that I realized along the way that no, it's relevant. Oh, uh, okay, to okay, what okay. We're talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see, I see, I see. Yeah. Cool. Yes, that is the context. Uh, I mean, now we are officially like uh, post-pandemic. So yeah, so so we're going to be talking about that as the first topic. But before mm. that, we do mm. have a, a plug, which is what, Terrence? Mm. It's a unique one today. Uh-huh. Um, because, you know, uh, kind of born out of un- unfortunate circumstances, right? Mm. Uh, which is, we actually did a podcast recording with uh, a very good friend of mine and a very renowned uh, AI expert from Hong Kong, Mr. Kevin Pereira, uh, which mm. was meant to be a Yalabad podcast episode. Uh, uh, but there were some technical issues with the audio during the recording. So we actually lost the audio during the recording. Um, so we did what we could to salvage the audio from the the video source because we were recording video at the same time, right? Mm. And uh, what we have at the end is the YouTube video of that podcast recording, right? Um, and uh, the only caveat is that the sound isn't great. The sound isn't the usual quality that you you are expecting from Yellowbat Podcast. Mm. But we thought that the discussion was great, and for those of you really interested, it's still something that you should try to watch uh, on YouTube. So it's only on YouTube. Uh, we're not putting it up on on Spotify, be- or, or we're not putting it on podcast because the audio uh, isn't great. Um, but yeah, I think I think it was a really good discussion. What do you, what do you think of that that podcast recording? Uh, I mean, like right now, AI, it's it's just interesting. Like, I think everyone knows about AI. My mom knows about AI. My uncles know about AI. Everyone's talking, oh, what is this chat GPT stuff? So I liked it because even if you don't know or haven't dabbled, you should come away with like some some high-level takeaways. Like. Yeah. So yeah, it was, yeah. It was a, I enjoyed this discussion. Yeah. But uh, I guess the only thing left is that we'll have to get Kevin back on the podcast at some point mm. again. Mm. Uh, and the funny thing is that we recorded the podcast before the launch of the Ch- GPT-4, mm. right? The sequel mm. to ChatGPT. So, mm. and now we're releasing it and it was, it's right after the release of GPT-4. So we weren't able to talk about GPT-4 on that podcast. Yeah. But uh, I think nonetheless, it's more about the philosophy and principles of 
AI that are interesting. La. So, but it's so do give ironic. it a listen. Yeah. So ironic, right? It's our most future-forward podcast about <laughs> a very futuristic topic. Yeah. Fucking the tech, there was some issue. Mm. Of all mm. podcasts, of all podcasts too, for that to happen. But you know, that's how that's how it always is on that, right? At that point that's when life, you need it. Yeah. That's life, At that point bro. when you need it the most, the tech just refuses to work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, tech, tech. I mean, it can be said to apply to people also sometimes, certain kinds of people. Certain kinds of people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, oh, certain hey, kinds of people. Is that, is that, uh, okay, speaking nah, about nah, something nah, that nah. happened over the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Some hey, wait, am I, am I, no, 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 no. Nothing, nothing. Just some, mm. some people, some athletes, you know, the big game players, like mm. big game players. Mm. But yes, cool. Yeah, so check it out. The link is in the description. Yeah. Sweet. Yes. Cool. Shall we jump to the first topic then? Yes, we should. Um, and that first topic is the results from an online poll commissioned by the Ministry of Communications and Information, otherwise known as MCI, um, mm. that was released uh, in a press release on Sunday, uh, mm. March 19th. First of all, I didn't mm. know fucking press releases get released on Sunday, but mm. it was released. And basically, it was a, a poll of like 1,052 Singapore residents aged 15 and above uh, to talk mm. about what they feel about their their standard of li- uh, life post-pandemic and comparing mm. it what to what it was before. So, mm. so, some very interesting, I mean, I would get like, by and large, not the most uh, eye-opening, but one or two stats that were very interesting, like, which is what we'll be talking about today. Mm, yeah, um, that's right. shall, shall I just go over like high level some of the things that came out please please because uh, yeah this is a it's a very comprehensive study uh, yeah. and it's a comprehensive survey so I think there's a lot of interesting points there. yeah so overall a lot of the articles uh, for mainstream media like uh, Mothership uh, Straits Times it's that 7 in 10 Singaporean residents are in good shape post pandemic um mm. Well, and, and basically, yeah, like, like, um, they rated their quality of life either same or better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how it was rated was basically on, a, on, uh, 10 different categories, like relationships with mm-hmm. neighbors, being able to access caregiving help for family, being able to manage my mental health, being able to pursue activities and hobbies that I enjoy. So, mm-hmm. so the, the, it ranged from like, um, 68 to 82% across all those 10. So the average was about 72. Lah. 72% said mm. they feel it is either the same or better now compared to what it was pre-pandemic. Um, mm. But one stat that stood out is that across all ages, uh, the respondents aged 15 to 19, um, there was a higher proportion of people who said life is worse now than it was pre-pandemic. Mm. Um, so 38% la, mm. compared to like uh, uh, 20 plus percent for the other demographics. Mm. Yeah, mm. so... So that was the the main thing that that stood out, and and uh, you can see different perspectives online. But anything else that stood out from for for you from the very high level? Uh, I mean, uh, I I guess just some funny points is that the percentage, I think the literal percentage was like sixty nine percent, right? Of uh mm. of people who, uh, and then the mothership headlines literally uh. What uh, what's the mothership headline exactly? Sixty nine percent. Sixty nine percent. Yeah, of yeah. Singapore residents rate like quality of life post pandemic is good or very good. 
So, I mean, you know, the internet is jumping on that number as well, right? Saying it's the perfect encapsulation of what what this whole survey is trying to say. (laughs) Which is what, Terrence? Which is what? Uh, Please explain. Never mind. Let's keep it. Let's keep it classy on, on Monday morning, and uh, I mean you can be classy. The bottom of the barrel in, of uh, the internet, uh. But yes, let's <laughs> talk a little bit about this. Well, what do you think of the, about this survey when you first heard about it? Uh? Um, I mean, I was thinking first of all, like since when they release uh, news like this on a Sunday? Mm-hmm. Maybe they do. Uh, I wasn't aware. I tried to find a, a detailed PDF or detailed. Um, document but i think all i could find was a press release on the mci website mm. um, and then a little known nugget is also because 20th march monday is the next parliamentary sitting mm. and one of the things that is going to be debated is the white paper that spoke about what singapore did well uh, and not so well during covid mm. Mm. so so then i was like, oh that's why they wanted to release it uh, on sunday before the monday because mm. in general this paints uh, quite a positive picture um, in terms of how us as a nation in general have come uh, away from the pandemic uh, feeling. Yeah. Um, but the thing about the young people, I mean, initially, uh, I won't deny also, huh? but why? Like, uh, isn't it better now than it was given that you can go back to your life, your, your, your school, your friends. Mm. But then I think just reading the accounts and all, uh, I can imagine at that age, like 15 to 19, having to go through the pandemic is really like a shock to the system, man. Mm, mm. Uh, and I have no idea how that must have felt, but it probably sucked like like crap. Mm. Um, so so I can sort of empathize, but what about you? Uh? Um, yeah, but I think some of the comparisons are about life post-pandemic and pre-pandemic, right? Mm. Um. So one thing to remember so is pre-pandemic was uh, a long time ago, right? Like literally mm. three plus years ago. So you're asking people to think about what life was like uh, more like three years ago. I can barely mm. recall uh, what, what life was like more than three years ago because like like what we mentioned the last time, like we, are, we are even completely different people already, right? In terms of, mm. you know, your your marital status, me becoming a dad and things like that. So it's it's hard to compare, la, I would say. When you ask me to compare now versus three years ago, and, and especially in the, in the form of a survey, which sometimes asks you to quantify things that are hard to quantify. Um, and I say this also, and, and like like you, it was quite hard for 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 me to, to even find the survey, right? And I, I think it's very mm. important how the survey was conducted because I recently had a really terrible experience with someone who who was trying to get uh, me to fill up a survey as well, uh, you know, mm. uh, a survey about uh, my expectations about uh, how how happy I felt about Singapore and how happy I felt about Singapore government and things like that. Um, just the whole survey experience, experience was very unpleasant. I was uh, accosted in the middle of the night while walking home. And and uh, even towards the end, like I, 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 actually, I actually answered the survey, but at the end, I, I refused to let my my data be used because they wanted to, to track my, they wanted my phone number and stuff like that. Uh. Um, the, the person but you still survey. agreed to the survey. You no, still I agreed, agreed to, to do the service. survey at first. Then at the end, they say, can you please provide your phone number for whatever, for, no, no, I have identification for, just for, to understand, you know, where you live or whatever. Then I'm like, why, why do you need my phone number? That, that makes no sense whatsoever, like, you know? So mm. then, 
I, I refused to give some vital information. And then the, I think the survey person got, got quite, uh, got quite unpleasant, lah, you know, saying like, mm. oh, you know, only, only old people don't give the phone numbers. And they get, and also lied about certain things about PDPA, which I knew, which I knew quite well that were, were clearly blatant lies. Lah. So I refused to participate any further in the survey. But, um, they didn't ask you where NTUC is or not? No, no, they didn't. They didn't. But the, the funny, <laughs> fun fact was, I was, I literally just went to NTUC and I was going home. So I, I bumped oh, this person. It? Yeah, this was like 10 p.m. at night. He was telling me that, oh, I need to, you know, one more survey that I can, I'm done for my day. So I'm like, okay, I'll help you out. Uh, I'll give you, <clears throat> I'll give, <clears throat> sorry, I'll give you 10 minutes of my time and all. But towards the end, mm. we were like, I was like, he was literally shouting at me as I was walking away and things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, you know, you see these surveys and all you see are the figures at the end. But you got to ask, like, how were these numbers derived? Were people pressured mm. into giving answers? Were they the sequence of questions? Were they, you know, how were they asked, like, basically? Um, the only thing they say is that it's an online poll. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so this is yeah. purely online. Okay. Yeah. So, but, but there's still, it's still, there's still something to be asked about. Like, what are the sequence of questions asked as well, like, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, uh, for exactly. example, like, if, you know, we ask about, the government's or Singapore government's handling of the pandemic. And then after, straight after that, you ask about, you know, how, how you feel about life now versus life back then. Uh, that question, that, that earlier question will affect your answer to the later question as well, right? So mm-hmm. I think, uh, the methodology of this survey and everything, it's, it's important to let people know. Lah. If not, people are just dismiss mm. it as, as like just pure propaganda and nothing more. Lah. Yeah, that is true. Because even though they say online, mm. I mean, if they, they say they reached out to 1,052, so I assume the process is that you, they will either speak to you on the phone or something and then point you to the survey. Mm. It's not just a survey that anyone goes to fill up. Mm. Um, but going back to what you said, uh, was, which was an interesting thought is that, okay, first of all, can't remember how long ago, uh, this was. Mm. Um, I mean, three years, three years, three, four years, it's, it's not a short amount of time. Mm. Mm. Um, but then also, like, I think what would be helpful is a survey, even in previous years, mm. of people who are age 15 to 19, mm. and ask them three, four years later, whether their quality of life is better or worse. Mm. Mm. Because I can, I, I, I know the first few years of work, like, uh, or like, okay, 15 to 19, assuming you enter the work, workforce, the first few work, years of work can be quite shitty, la. Mm. Mm. right? And, and there was nothing to kind of confirm that. La. I mean, not taking away that. Going through COVID was fucking hard um, for everyone. Mm. Uh, for for younger people, it's I can imagine it being like like I can't even imagine what they went through like, from a time when you're trying to figure out who you are and all. But yeah, there's no comparison about whether suddenly there's a survey. Most people who take a survey 15 or 19, three years later, the survey is all like ah oh, fuck, I mean, my life sucks, man. <laughs> yeah. um, and and if that's a trend, like you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so so that's the that's the, that's like the control kind of thing, and also like what you said, uh, some of the other things that came up was that seven in ten Singaporean residents expressed confidence in the ability of the country, the government, the healthcare system, the community, and they themselves to manage future pandemics well. Mm, so mm. that yeah, like, it's like okay, like, There's a general seventy percent confidence in the government, like. mm. That's why I thought that they're releasing this the day before it's debated in Parliament. Also feels like. Ah, uh, why so close? Uh? Like, mm. it just fills your mind with questions. La. Yeah. Questions in, in a good way or a, a bad way? 
I mean, then, because normally whenever we cover surveys and reports, it seems like we're fucking, every week we're covering some new survey or report. Yeah. There's like a detailed document about the methodology and how the numbers come in. Like, and mm. sometimes it can be super long and we always try our best to go down into the detail and just try and understand, see whether anything is missed out. Like. And here, I don't know if there's a report, but all I could find was the press release on the uh, MCI uh, website. And there's a link that where more information on the methodology behind the poll can be found in the NX, but you can't click on the NX. Mm. There's no link. I see. There is no link, MCI. Mm. There is no link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah because so it's a bit... I, I think it's important because if the survey was specifically about the pandemic and all that, right? Uh, mm. You know, given that it revolves around the white paper as well as yeah. uh, asking people to think about COVID-19 as like the milestone of, of measuring whether their life was is better now than it was before. Uh, mm. Definitely people will be thinking about, you know, how life was during COVID and their answers will be tainted by how life uh, life was during COVID, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's why, that's why, uh, yeah, to me, it's like, uh, you're asking people to talk about their quality of life after the pandemic versus before the pandemic, but anchoring the pandemic as the, as the, you know, the anchor point that, that, that you're supposed to think, uh, you, you're supposed to base your answers, uh, around the, you know what I mean? Mm, so, so it's always mm. that, that elephant in the back of, of the room, the elephant, uh, the, the, the thing in the back of your mind that, uh, don't, don't, you know, don't complain so much. Uh. Life is better now than it was during the pandemic, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but that being said, they did they did point out that okay, so there's the higher proportion of youths aged fifteen to nineteen, mm. um, respondents with multiple dependents, mm. uh, so seniors or children in the household were more likely to rate their overall of uh, standard of life quality now to be poor or very poor. Mm. Mm. So it was eighteen percent of that demographic compared to ten percent. Yeah, so they're they're not technically shying away from people who express the the other um uh, side of it like. mm. and um respondents who are unemployed also express less confidence in singapore's ability to get through another pandemic 16 percent mm. versus seven percent um and yeah caregivers also like caregivers so so there were certain things like that but it just found it like uh certain uh, outlets they were a bit more balanced in their title mm. Mm. Uh, of the article mm. um and even Straits Times, okay, so youth caregivers see drop in quality of life. But yeah, it felt like it was reading it was overly positive. positive. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, okay, so then I was asking myself the question, mm. do I, mm. am I, if I go through the list, uh, would I say in general, quality of life is better now than pre-pandemic? I would say yes, but... um. It's because of a lot of other different things, like, you know, mm, <laughs> like uh, I got married, mm. I have my own place. Um, I mean, now we have this podcast, which uh, we, we don't just do videos. Uh, we do TV shows, podcasts, folklore and all that. Um, so, yeah, but it, then it could paint a very different picture. Like, but I would, if I were to answer this survey, I think I would say yes. Mm, mm. Uh, as, in, as in more, everything's better, la. Yeah, everything's better. Uh, no, yeah, I don't think I would say everything is better, specifically like, mm. yeah mm. and uh I, I think i also went through uh, i'm in a different life phase or yeah. so now, right uh correct, so, correct. so yeah, the, yeah. the kinds of things that i worry about now are very different mm. from the kind of things that i worried about before the pandemic as well uh. 
Yeah. Mm. So so I think mm. for it's different for different people. Um Yeah. And plus once you have a child also. Yeah. Uh is it totally changes everything. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So the yeah, the, the things you worry about are very different. Uh. But but one thing is, is that uh yeah, I think throughout the last three years, we also have mentioned this a few times ourselves like that we I think we we feel quite quite a lot we feel quite bad for young people who had to grow up through the pandemic era right um, yeah a lot of the milestones in their lives whether it's their school prom or their graduation ceremonies or even the study abroad trips whatever like, you know the stuff that that probably we all took for granted when we were younger right uh, mm. they, they got i mean they got very discounted versions of it like very half-baked yeah. versions of, of 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 all that. Even even weddings, right? Like I remember attending one of those COVID weddings, and it was just such a, a very somber experience, uh, You know, people mm. five people to a table. You can't really talk across tables. You can only wave at each at each other and things like that. That that, that kind of warmth you feel when you go around a wedding and meet different people and and talk talk to anyone you want to talk to. It just wasn't there, la. But but uh, yeah, that's what people just had to live with, uh, Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, um, if you're going through school, chances are you are meeting a lot of people and your friends, you might not have, like, a friend of 10 years, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think during the pandemic, if you were older, chances are you you might have friends who, you know, like, um, you're a, 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 a more constant pillar in your life for a longer period of time. Mm. As you get older also, you're like, do I want to make new friends? Yeah. Ah, oh, fuck! Must make new friends, man. But when you're when you're young, it's all about that, right? It's all about figuring out who you jive with, who you can't jive mm. with, and how you navigate through the complexities of life and shit like that. So for them to not go through that, I guess what I saw people sometimes like some comments be like super harsh online is saying that um, I mean now you have your 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 friend network, you can go back. Why are you talking about having lost your passion? Because what, so that was some of the things that came out. Mm. You know, lost passions, uh, relationships weakened. Mm. But I would imagine like, let's say, okay, so my own personal uh, life growing up at that age, I, like hockey was my life, right? Mm-hmm. If for two years, I could not train or play as intensely, coming out, you never know, lah. There might be something else in your life that comes up. You, you. So I think that lost passion thing is a very real thing. Mm. And the relationships, if you can't make close friends during a time when people are probably more social than they'll be for the rest of their lives, it is also yeah, like It's 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 not ideal. Then plus you come out, then the world is like fucking war and inflation and in the economy, you know. Mm. So so I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't. I think it shouldn't also just be written off like that. Oh, these young kids, mm. uh, they are they are soft. They haven't been through this. The first crisis of their generation. Mm. Boohoo. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's very different. It's a very different kind of crisis that they went through, right? And yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah, I uh, we look back now and it just feels like uh, almost like a mass hysteria. You know the way the way everyone reacted to COVID. But the truth is, really didn't know much about it at that time, and we we're just all. You know, we are doing what we could to try and uh, make sense of the situation. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I mean, do you notice like whenever you go for a walk or a run or something, if you run to a point and then you turn back and run back the same way, it always feels shorter coming back. Mm, yes, yes, it does. Because I think you you have an expectation how long it's going to take and how much more is left. Uh, but COVID, I because sometimes I just think back, wow, fuck, that was a weird ass time, man. You almost had. 
no clue what the end was inside. Even if the end was going to come the week after, right? Mm. The not knowing part is also a big, a big thing that um that sometimes I think gets not they gets underwritten off a bit too easily. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if 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 anything that I I really took away from COVID was just I got to spend a lot more time with my family, my young family, right? Mm. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's something that probably I, if there wasn't COVID, I wouldn't have had that kind of, uh, I've not only been forced to, but I also probably wouldn't have wanted to, you know, uh, be as present as, as I was. La. And uh, mm. I think, uh, you know, one interesting observation that my wife made over the weekend was nowadays you see a lot more active dads, uh, young active dads, you know, they're the ones carrying the babies, they're the ones carrying the kids in the, you know, the baby carriers and all that. Or they're the ones at the playground uh, watching over the kids and all. Maybe what we have now is a generation of younger parents who are also, who realize, who enjoyed the, the, the process a lot more because of COVID, of, of being at home with their kids and all that. So mm. the, it, it's, it's hopefully it also becomes a, it becomes a norm that the, the, the dad is a little more active in the in the childcare in taking care of the family lah, yeah. Or maybe you also have a generation of moms who realize, eh, we can make the husbands do more stuff. <laughs> if we all tell them <laughs> that generally all the husbands are more hands on now. Yeah. It's a brilliant thing because mm. I know there's a lot more mom groups than pap- papa groups, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I tell you, Terence. I tell you, you. You gotta keep an eye out, no, Terence. I can sense. Um, I course, can sense yeah. a lot of latent <laughs> unhappiness about being made to do things uh, at home for some people. Talking about this, I can sense the latent unhappiness. No, yeah. no, no. But it's like from the older generation when they say, "Oh, oh, you see your like cousin. Oh, this one, this one. Oh, why you never do?" Mm. Then I'm like, "Hello, hello, hello, hello. You show me. Like, you got run a poll, or not? You got run yeah. an online poll." Of all my cousins <laughs> across all geographies that do this, yeah. then you show me the results. So yeah, this this results good. Uh, uh, it's good for you, lah. Right, it's good for you. The result. Why is it good for me? Uh, just being able to say that yeah, life is better now, lah, than it was before. So don't complain about don't complain about anything. Lah. No lah, you are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just saying that when I was thinking about it, I was thinking how I would answer. Mm, um, mm. I mean, I. I don't know whether my average call will be like 72 because mm. when they break it down into the, the different things, I mean, even if like you are listening, right? Uh, and you want to just do a quick uh, benchmarking based on the survey, basically the 10 aspects are relationships with my neighbors, mm. being able to access caregiving help for my family, relationships with my family, being able to contribute to society or charitable causes, being able to have a healthy work-life balance, being able to manage my physical health, being able to manage my mental health, being able to cater to my financial needs, relationships with my friends, and being able to pursue activities or hobbies that I enjoy. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so so those were the key aspects of, of life that uh, this survey pointed out. Like. Yeah. So actually, for just interesting on the last point, what new hobby or anything that you pick up in the last three years that you're very happy about? I have actually started to enjoy cooking more. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy cooking more. Uh, I think that was a direct result of having to just like cook more for myself or like for like with me and my wife. Um, mm. Aside from that, you mean like new hobbies just not because of COVID directly or anything, just new hobbies? Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, new passions. I mean, given that the last three years 
we all spend a lot more time at home and everything, lah, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I walk a lot more, but that's because of like injury stuff. Mm, mm, mm. You? You? Uh, I think I just, I used to like, I, I used to hate having to, you know, do any kind of exercise at home, like indoors, mm. like in front of the mm. TV or anything like that. I thought like it was even worse than going to a gym and all. I really want, mm. if I want to run, I want to be outside. And all. But now I'm like actually quite like, oh, okay, I need to, if I want to like just do a half hour thing, I'll just fire up something on YouTube and just do it on my floor at home, like, you know? Uh, mm. I, I, yeah, I got very used to that. I didn't feel like it was very troublesome or anything. Like. Yeah. Mm. So, so that's, that's something, hate, yeah, that's something that I think pre pandemic I, I wouldn't have done. Uh. Yeah, I still hate exercising at home. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. It's, it's just necessity. I mean, it's just a necessity, like, right? Yeah. Yeah, but there is what you just pull up, you just fire up like a YouTube channel, a particular YouTube channel, or or, or the or the whole just... Nike Nike fitness thing on Netflix as well. Uh, you know, Netflix oh, see, they have the whole Nike fitness, uh, all the classes of you know ten minute classes, twenty minute classes, half hour classes. They're all on Netflix, so you can just mm. follow those and and just do the workout there. Yeah, I see. Mm. Netflix technically you can watch double time also, right? But why would you want to for exercise? <laughs> if anything, you want to slow it down, uh, just so that you don't suffer so much. Uh. Or you, or true, suffer, true. Less, or you suffer less uh, when you do it more, in, more double less, speed. Yeah. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, the one big takeaway from reading this was I found out that the parliamentary is, parliament is sitting tomorrow uh, today. Because mm. I mm. do want to go at some point in the near future, but... Mm. Um, I think the dates are, are settled, like they're not fixed, like uh, oh, the, the third Monday of the month or something. I don't, I don't think so. I couldn't find anything online, but mm. I'm curious to see what will come out because I'm sure tomorrow there'll be a slew of articles um, about everything that's going to be debated. Like one of which is the COVID white paper. Yeah, and I think Long Man Wai has a, has a has an interesting question lined up. Yeah, which is what? Uh? Uh, from what I understand, he's asking why is it that. Lee Sien Yang and Lee Sweat Fern are named in the investigation that is ongoing. Uh, whereas the, the, you know, the, the Keppel executives who were convicted in that <laughs> primary case were not named in the, in whatever investigations are going on. Uh. So, uh. <laughs> two completely separate cases, but, but, uh, he is raising a point about why is it that the, you know, you're, you're sort of, uh, prejudicing, uh, you're sort of, uh, casting, uh, Putting something on their names, lah, right? Of of Lee Sin Young mm. and before the investigations are over, lah. Yeah, I see, I see, I see. Oh, interesting, interesting. interesting. Yeah, uh, Young Man Y special again, <laughs> and Parliament. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, man. But yeah, so cool. it is. Uh, you know, we 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 were talking about uh, AI and how mm. everyone should uh, not only f- fear AI but also try it and, and try to embrace it. Uh, but yeah, we're literally seeing that battle, that battle happen right now in something that, uh, a lot of people care about, which is the quality of the camera on your smartphone, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So um, what is this, what is this, uh, big hoo-ha going on? Yeah, it is, it is indeed a big hoo-ha. Um, because basically Samsung's new phone, the S23 Alpha, mm. uh, Ultra, mm. um, one of their big marketing angles is that you, it takes really amazing pictures of the moon. Mm. 
Uh, like it's 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 part of their marketing, part of their ads and shit like that. Mm. So one Reddit user uh, who goes by the name of I Break Photos mm. um, decided to test how powerful it actually is, like, and it was uncannily powerful. Like mm. you take a photo of the moon in the sky, you look at it on your phone, and it it's detailed as shit, lah. Mm. So mm-hmm. so he was kind of a bit skeptical about how much of it is true AI, like optimizing the actual image. Or some other shit being layered on top. Mm. So he did a test where he took a, a photo of a moon and made it blur on purpose. Mm. He displayed it on his computer screen and from a distance, um, he took a photo with his phone. Mm. Uh, and he used a Samsung whatever f- um, optimizer and all that. Mm. And it came out more detailed than the original photo. Mm-hmm. So then he was saying like, if if the phone is supposed to optimize things that are there but which your camera cannot capture mm. why is it making things that are not even there appear in the photo mm. and and uh what happened next uh was a was an online kerfuffle mm. that's mm. essentially it right yeah essentially yeah yeah and, it, and it's blown up to the point that even samsung has had to come out and respond mm. Mm. Um, because it went viral on reddit and even on the reddit post people are saying oh you know like that's a that's a bad test and all that mm. but basically it just poses an interesting question. Like, even if whatever his testing methodology was not the best or something, it just poses a question like, how much AI is is bad? Like? Mm. Uh, mm. Right. How much AI is too much? Yeah. That's what the Wyatt uh, phrases it yeah, as. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah. Uh, one, one interesting thing I did take away from this, which I probably, is one of those things you learned, but I totally forgot about, is that due to the tides, the same, the same side of the moon is always facing the Earth. Uh. Mm, okay, correct, I totally, uh, that totally slipped my mind. Uh, and I did, I definitely caught myself asking, eh, doesn't the moon also rotate and, and, and rotate. see the other side? So, wow, the AI must be really smart to do that. Uh. But no, <laughs> yeah. apparently the same side of the moon faces the Earth all the time. Yeah. No, at first I was thinking, oh, maybe they can triangulate, you know, your position on your phone <laughs> with Earth and then, you know, extrapolate how much of the moon is rotating. Then, yeah, I also read the same now. I was like, oh, yeah, fuck. Uh, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but Samsung, yeah. no, Samsung but it, phones, the Zoom, they really are quite something, right? Uh, they are, they we, are. I mean, uh, full disclosure, we have worked with Samsung before when they were promoting a, a phone from a couple of generations ago. The, the S21. S21. And even then, S21. the yeah. Zoom was like the one key feature that really everyone uh, zoomed in on, that, right? And, and, and we, were, yeah. we were blown away when we tested it as well, right? Yeah, and it was all video. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, there's only so much that it can apply in real time. Mm-hmm. But it 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 was insane. Yeah, like, it it gave me insane. like uh, goosebumps because um, I was like, wow! Imagine like we do hidden camera kind of videos with this phone. How we can zoom? We can sit far away and zoom in and everything. Uh, then I realized so the, that's uh, like that's probably how all perverts are probably thinking about the phone or so. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the inner perv, the inner perv was surfacing. Terrence, no. I'm glad you you squashed it. <laughs> The prankster YouTuber <laughs> side of me that that could be mistaken for pervert, la. Yeah, yeah, like correct, correct. It's a fine yeah, line, though, Terence. It's a fine line between uh, the the YouTube content creator and pervert. Mm, that's right. Um, yeah. So, so, but basically, this then I also was thinking, and like, um, I think the Wired they interviewed one uh, researcher at MIT, quite a very uh, senior researcher mm. in, in, in the field of using AI to enhance mm. images, and he was saying that photorealism. Mm. Uh, i.e. the concept of the photo really showing what the camera sees in front mm. of it is dead. Mm. 
Like he used the word is mm. dead. Um, everything you see now is almost like a hallucination. Mm. And then it made me think like, actually, that's kind of true. Mm. No? How often do people post something in its true form without even, not say add a filter mm. or something, just increasing the brightness, increasing the contrast. I do that. Mm. So, so yeah, photorealism is dead, Terrence. Mm. Um, and isn't this just like, 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 um, Samsung kind of enhancing what you know is there? You know, mm. is a moon surface. So what's wrong, Terrence? Um, what is I, wrong? I, yeah. I mean, the truth is a lot of, of our photos already use software enhancement, right? Computational. I mean, the term I think yeah. is computational photography, which, uh, it's kind of, um, you know, normal cameras, you have to know how to work the camera to capture the best image and stuff like that. But for computational photography, yeah. it's a mix of the camera knowing how to use the hardware to optimize for whatever shooting condition it's in. So, so it only has mm. come around because smartphones got so many different sensors in them that allow, allow you to track a lot more different things than what a, a typical dumb camera is able to do, right? Um, but, but that, that, mm. that's it. Even the so-called dumb cameras that you get from Canon, Sony, Nikon, you'll be quite, uh, if you haven't touched cameras in years, you'll be quite shocked at the level of AI that's also in them. Uh, but it's still, even yeah, in the yeah, most conventional sense, like, camera. Say for example, uh, autofocus, you know, it used to be, oh, if you can autofocus on a subject, it's fantastic. Then it became autofocus on a face where literally there's a box that follows your face around. After that, it became autofocus on the eye. Mm. You know, literally, you can look at your face, identify the eye, and focus on the eye. Then you can choose left eye, right eye. And then after that, it took, I think it took a big leap when it went to, you can autofocus on animals. Now they can identify, like, are you looking at a bird or a cat or a dog? And they help you identify the eye of the cat or the eye of the tiger, whatever you're shooting, you know. So there are mm. these very big leaps. But again, they're, they're a bit more. Uh, they apply to more niche areas uh, like wildlife photography or pet photography or anything like right. Uh, whereas for this case, it's mm. like uh, you know, it's very specifically taking photos of the moon la. Um, and the moon like what we mentioned, it's always the same side facing you. So if the AI is really just taking what we know about what you know what the moon looks like already and enhances it that way, uh, is it really that big a problem? You know, it's like knowing what a human face is and teaching a camera to autofocus on the eye of a human face. And then you end up getting a better picture out of it. Is it, is it, is it that big a deal for you? What do you think? Mm. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't like, okay. So the example mm. of the eye thing, like the eye, if, if you can, I mean, chances are you mm. can see the eye, right? It's just that the camera, misses yeah, the focus yeah. of it right so it helps you focus the eye but if you put away the camera you can you can see the person's mm. eye in front of you la. why i'm fucking uncomfortable mm. about this is that what it's doing is that um you take a picture of a moon to the best ability of its own cameras and then it's layering on what like what you say like what it knows of how the mm. moon looks like on this photo that to me is crossing mm. the line is it? so it's like it's crossing like, the it's line. Like, uh, a girl putting on makeup, la. You, 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 it hides what is below <laughs> it. You, but la. you feel that that's crossing the line, is it? <laughs> no, no, okay. Makeup is you uh, Like, no, I'm saying if they had a picture when I'm back out, uh, when I was dating mm. on the dating profile, mm. and then they enhanced it, I would feel cheated, oh, la, you, cheated. you know? Okay, okay. 
<laughs> yeah, no, because okay, like if you put makeup and all, I think that's different because it's physically, okay. Okay, physically okay, still on okay. your face, lah. Like without the camera, I go to you, I can still mm. see that on your face. But if you add like freckles and shit on your dating profile, and for some reason I got a fetish <laughs> for freckles or something, then I go there, I'm like no freckles, I'm like hello, Money hello. I want to take this red pen and draw it on your face, okay? Oh, <laughs> right. So, so you mean you are okay oh, no, with no, this? No, 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 no. I no, no. Like if, I mean, I, I'm a very, no. very big proponent of uh, using dumb cameras like, as opposed to smartphones to capture things. So so mm. I'd be the first mm. one, uh, you know, protesting about this. Uh, but I think for me, actually, the, the bigger problem is not, I, I don't really care that much about moon photos. I'm not that interested in moon photos, you know. But the bigger problem I have is that um, I think the, this this whole, you know, Zoom function Plus the, the fact that you can take really fantastic images of the moon. Uh, I think the bigger problem is that that is part of the marketing for the power of the camera of Samsung's mm. phones. Uh, so you think that because it can take such great images of the moon, that means it can take other great images of anything else that you zoom into, right? Uh, but that's not the case. It's mm. only specifically for this use case of the moon. But, um, is, I, I feel like in, it all gets lumped together in the marketing that, oh, the camera is so great that whatever you zoom into is going to look amazing, right? Which you will discover is not the case. Mm. It's not the case. And and that's what I think is the, the big issue is that Samsung lumps this all together as the marketing as, as marketing for its uh, zoom camera on its phone as well. Which I think, uh, mm. is it... Would you say it's deceitful? I I don't know. It's a it's a fine line, but it's it's a bit of false marketing, like, Definitely. Yeah, I I would say this because like what you said, like um, if you think that it can take this much this clear pictures of the moon, you would imagine, wow, the camera is powerful as shit, man. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I can take photos of whatever. I mean, cutting aside the pervs, um, mm, yeah, <laughs> I, I can take photos of like whatever I need to in the distance because the camera is that powerful. But yeah, mm-hmm. if it really is the case that. Their marketing and the sharp sharp moon images only come because of the AI that is specific to moon mm. images. Then it's false yeah. marketing. And and just to explain a bit more by what by what that means, essentially when the f- camera takes a photo of the moon, um, like uh, because there are so many moon images around the world, uh, that is part of their AI algorithm, their mm. neural network, right? It's like their their computer brain. Mm. And then mm. also um, the the fact that that it it's the same face of the moon at any given time. You mm. can probably, with a good amount of accuracy, uh, plaster on something that would look uh, like what you would see through a telescope. Mm. Mm. Right. But yeah. they, they don't have like millions of photos of uh, like someone's face la, or someone's mm. car yeah. right, or someone's pet. Mm. 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 Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, there's almost an augmented reality element to this. To this camera, if you want to use uh, uh, the the usual tech tech uh, jargon, uh, right? Mm. Where they're augmenting whatever you actually are trying to get a photo of, lah. Which uh, I mean, the the word itself you, it really means that you've altered what that original state of the the image is, really, lah. Mm. So it's yeah, to me, it's yeah, it's not it's not a great thing. I I feel like if anything, if they, I mean, it's it's not a bad function to have because. Maybe you you would much rather just have a nicer image of the moon than some blurry image, like, right? If yeah. you're trying to take a picture of the moon. But maybe it shouldn't. They should really market it or be very upfront about 
it as a whole separate function uh, so mm. that people can ju- can they know that there are limitations to what this uh, AI and this Zoom can do as well. And it's, it's very, very specific for just for that use case. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And yeah, it is a function called scene optimizer. La. So part mm. of Samsung's explanation is that um, you can turn it off. You know, mm, you can mm. still get a, a, a photo as raw as, as what your camera sees in that moment. Mm. Um, and like, um, yeah, so this was maybe like five days ago mm. uh, they responded. Um, and I mean, it's, it's not the first time that any, uh, 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 how you say, uh, a phone company has also gone into hot soup. Mm. Um, last time there was one where they were marketing the, the, what, the stabilization feature of this one phone. Mm. And then part of that, they were recording someone who was roller skating on the, on the road or something. And mm-hmm. it went past the reflective surface and in reflection, you can see that the person recording the video was actually using a, a DSLR a gimbal, <laughs> with right? a gimbal. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I don't know that, Samsung or not. That is absolutely false marketing, right? Yeah, that is false marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know, man. Like the whole question of like, is AI really, is, is there anything like the, 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 there's too much AI in photos. Mm, mm. Is there a line for you or not, Terence? Um, yeah, I th- yeah, there's a lot of ethical questions about the use of AI to generate images as well as uh, you know, the use of AI to alter the images that we see, like, right? Uh, the, the most obvious one is that, yeah, deep fakes and whether what we're looking at is real and all that. But the second part of it is is that the artists who essentially create the work that the AI is is training itself on and all, uh, they're not they don't get any compensation for what the AI does la. And mm. the AI is creating work that is being used, whether for 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 commercial purposes or whatever like that. And but they don't credit whatever sources they got that they they learn from that right. And Mm-mm-mm. maybe I'm bringing a very a very old school way of thinking about it, but I, I think it's important to credit, give credit where credit is due also, like, right? Even if you mean you're training, you're training an AI to, to look through old, uh, you know, like, uh, his, uh, history of art in order to learn how to draw or, or a certain way or whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of ethical questions with AI and, and, you know, uh, yeah, and this, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's dovetails nicely with, uh, you know, the podcast that we recorded with, Kevin as well. We talked a lot about these issues too, that right? But then, but then, okay. So compared to like, let's say the film camera, you know, last time when you mm-hmm. take, the, you have to crack, 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 yeah. and then take the photo. Yeah. Um. Let's say that one because that one there was no autofocus and maybe the 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 sensors or like no not not the sensors it just didn't capture things the way they look lah mm-hmm. right. Um. So when a new camera comes up and they have uh better lenses or better sensors that can actually capture it the way they look. Mm. If AI is just doing that, like let's say you take a night photo, you know how it takes like, uh, on certain phone models, you press for night function, You it mm. takes like a, for one second, right? It takes a, a series of photos and then it forms a composite, right? Mm, yeah. But the colors might appear more vibrant than what you see. Mm. Is that something that you're still cool with? Um, yeah, I think... I think it, it is okay because it is part of the what you're capturing there in that you are you know, the camera ultimately is a tool right and mm. and there are limitations to the tool as well so mm. what the AI in, in that case what you're talking about is the software uh using the tool but allowing you to 
allowing uh using computational photography to 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 take whatever you you got from the tool and and come out cough out image is still better la, right so mm. the the main thing is that the 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 initial ingredients to create that final better product the initial ingredients all came from that same tool also la. Uh, mm. which would which still requires you to operate the camera to put it down to set it down to to you know compose the photo and things like that so that one i i think it's still in an area where where um i still i would still enjoy it more than just than than what uh you know a lot of uh co- computational photography is today la, where they yeah. add in a lot of things that weren't even there that you were not even a part of of uh of capturing uh, like like this moon ai thing like you mm. like you take a very blur photo it's a shitty blur photo but somehow they add in details that weren't even there that the camera didn't even capture yeah. you know then that to me that means you are taking a, an ingredient from out from elsewhere from outside of the experience of taking the photo la. so it, mm. it feels the actual, fake, yeah because yeah. the actual thing that the camera was taking was blur la. yeah it was the subject was blur it yeah, was yeah, a blur yeah. subject yeah the blur yeah. subject, so, and then it got made better with artificial layering, like, yeah. allegedly. Yeah, because because I think in like going to our other topic, speaking of passions, recent more recent passions was for me was one was like, uh, understanding like the lenses, like you know, like like I think the last mm. couple of years I really got more into like really understanding how, uh, cameras and lenses and all work together to really capture light, that right. Ultimately, mm. it's a it's a snapshot. It's it allows light onto a sensor, and the sensor captures the image of the world uh, as it is. But how that light comes in, and what glass it passes through before it it, it lands on the sensor, uh, all that it goes into the. It's about the hardware of the camera as well, uh, right? So mm, just mm, mm. learning to appreciate that process a bit makes me a bit more of a you know purist about about these kind of things, uh about like how mm. much enhancement you want the software to do, you know, as opposed to, to whatever you're documenting on the spot with the amount of light, the the way, the, the how the sun was in the sky and, and the color of the sky at that point of time affects the, your shot and things like that. All that is actually, to me, that's the fun part of, of photography la, compared to, oh, let me just get the best final product that you can get out of this. La. I remember that day when I told you, I was like, hey, I took the photo, there's the bouquet in the background with the iPhone. <laughs> wow, the way you scoffed at it, right? Oh, You're like, yeah, don't yeah. waste my fucking time with this fake blur thing yeah, in the background. Whereas yeah. I was like, bouquet, yo, man, bouquet. It, it looks pretty good. <laughs> I'm like, like, hey, it looks pretty good, man. Yeah, you it looks pretty good. It's like yeah. the word bouquet. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, you, it's like my kid when he learns a new word and he's very happy to say it. Uh. Then I heard it come yeah. off and I was like, wow, wow, yeah. <laughs> part of me just died uh. yeah <laughs> too bad Terrence too yeah, bad yeah. Uh, amongst my non-media but, uh, computational friends computational photography has uh. its place uh. yeah computational mm. ph- photography has its space if, if it gets people who wouldn't otherwise pick up a camera to be more interested in things like the composition or you know lighting and things like that I, I think it's good uh, it's good uh, but mm. yeah uh, the adding the little cloudy thing around the edges <laughs> and then people say oh it's so nice it looks so good I'm like why it's like it's like it's, there's a fog in it's like you're, you got a picture of your wife standing in the middle of a fog and you just like that's what it looks like to me like, you know so anytime if you're listening meet Terrence in public you know go up take a photo with him and use the portrait mode use the yeah. portrait mode and see the soul in Terrence just die slowly yeah like. yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, just portrait mode. Like, give him a cloud around him, you know. Yeah. Just, just, and he'll really enjoy it. 
Yeah. Really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. But one day it's going to get so good that it'll be like really hard to tell the difference. Uh. That's the that's the truth. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, la, true, la, true. Yeah. Uh, and that's the, what's the, sing- no, not singularity. That's the, fuck, the, the Elon Musk thing where we're all living in a sim- simulation theory. Mm, that's mm. simulation theory. Yeah. When we can no longer tell the difference between computer-generated Com- images and mm. real life. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. that's where there's, I think there's a general trend, uh, even in photography and, and video and everything, towards uh, flaws, uh, flaws in the, the image, uh, you know? character of mm. the lenses. Um, these are very broad terms that people use, but actually people look for things like lens flares, you know, um, just out of focus areas and things like that because they are trying to nowadays try to bake in more flaws into the image that they capture la, as opposed to everything mm. being looking too pristine and perfect because that's where, that, that makes stuff look like you just took it with your phone, la, you know. Whereas if there are yeah, flaws yeah, yeah. in the image that are that look very organic and, and not easily reproduced by software, that's where it's uh is it seems more attractive to people nowadays. Hmm. Huh? I see, I see. Interesting yeah. Times. Yeah. Interesting times. Interesting yeah. times. But yes. Uh, but yeah. Uh cool. that, let us know to... what you guys think la, about computational photography and then how you feel yes. about the moonshots. Yeah. The moonshots. Um so now on to the the one show comment mm-hmm. of the week. Yeah, Terence, what, what's your one show comment, man? Uh, mine is not something that we can I can necess- we can necessarily share, but it was just a, mm. a anecdote from a friend uh, a friend from from school that I bumped into recently, and uh, mm. you know I haven't spoken to him in a while, but he just mentioned that oh you know I was traveling Australia recently. And this friend of mine that who lives in Australia now tells me that she's a huge, huge, huge listener of your podcast, la, huge fan of the podcast and all. And uh, they've they've migrated from from another country to Australia recently, and even then they still listen to our podcast, la, And it really keeps oh, them shit. it's a it's a home away from home for 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 them, la, You know, so wow. so just a so. awesome thing to to hear, la, that that people are following us regardless of where they are in the world. Yeah. So shout out to those down under. Mm. Good day, yeah. mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Wow. That was as cliche day, as it gets, man. Like, Have you had your wheat bakes? From <laughs> <laughs> Australia and the first thing that had to come out is, is that day, crocodile mate. dundee crocodile dundee impression. Mm. Yeah, why not, man? Why not? Why not? Okay, okay, uh, okay, I mean, okay, that's okay. not a Crocodile Dundee impression. La. Crocodile okay. Dundee impression would be where he uses his fingers to tame the cow. The cow? Remember? The, Wasn't uh, it a cow? I thought it was Crocodile. Isn't it? Crocodile Dundee? No? That's just <laughs> why is that? The, why did I think there's a scene where he uses his fingers to get a cow to kneel down? Or maybe a bull? Maybe there is. A, maybe, oh, a bull. I think yeah, a cow a very different from a bull. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a lot more... Good. Maybe a bull, a cow. Maybe yeah. a bull, correct, correct. Maybe yeah. it's a bull. Or something yeah. like I remember there was that one Buffalo, scene. Uh, buffalo, buffalo, is it? Buffalo, uh, buffalo, uh, maybe uh, buffalo. I think it, yeah, 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 yeah. Subdue he subdues a water buffalo. Ah, uh, yes, correct. Uh, not a cow. <laughs> uh, water buffalo. <laughs> cow, my goodness. Oh, yeah. I mean they related to the same family, la, dude. Correct, correct. Same, I think, same family. Yeah. Uh, same yes, family. That was my one short comment. Okay. What was yours? Okay. Uh, my one show comment was something posted by Pencil Brits uh, five days ago on our Reddit. Mm. Um, it's just a link to a uh, video by Remy Gayat. Mm. Uh, so, 
Remy Gaillard, now I I don't think he's big on YouTube or creating much YouTube videos. In, in, in fact, I think a couple of years ago, he got into some trouble legally. Mm. But he was one of the biggest inspirations for us in terms of people who do just funny stuff in public. Mm. Uh, mm. We, like, just they go all out in a certain character. Like, and, mm. and I mean... Like one of the things that we did, the Sports in the City YouTube video was inspired by Remy Gaia. Mm, mm, and he is like, he takes it to the next level to the point where he become, he is almost like a harassment like, mm, uh, of mm. people in public. Yeah. But the shit he used to do, my God, it was hilarious. Man. No, but this video that, that this user just posted was only from a year ago. Was it? Yeah. It's, uh, I think it was meant to oh. coincide with the Olympics and everything. Oh, yes, yes. Great, yeah. great, great, great. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, yeah, like just knowing that it happened a year ago, how do you feel about watching that video and all? As in, uh, what happened a year ago? Oh, you mean uh, this video? That the video, yeah. Because oh. for me, I felt like I watched it. I was like, I was cringing in a way that I was like, uh, wow, this, this it feels quite quite mean, like, You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, in that, so, in that he really is uh, uh-huh. shitting on someone's day, or if, if it's real, like, right? If it's real, either one yeah. of two things: either it's fake. Or it's real and it's really mean, la, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's how I felt when I watched it. La. As much as I also, yeah, it was inspired a lot of our earlier videos. La. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy, I mean, I think now he's a certified public nuisance. Um, mm. But uh, I think just at the time when we watched it, uh, it was just something something that was, yeah, I wouldn't say like a, he was a trailblazer in that sense. But it just showed you like, oh my God, like it, it seeded a lot of ideas in mm, us. Mm, mm. Um, but we, of course, we never went to that extreme. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I can imagine a lot of people watching it and saying like what you say, like, like what the fuck do people like this guy? But I won't deny that when I was watching it way back, uh, yeah, the some of the videos really did, did leave an impact. Mm, mm, leave an yeah. impact. Yeah. I mean, the, the I think the, for me, the, the big thing was that it just took a, it there was it was at some on a lot of his pranks are at someone's expense, la, right? Like mm, that's the correct, correct, that's correct. the least you could say about it, lah. That someone was harassed yeah. or someone was uh you know, made to look really stupid. Inconvenience yeah, in his videos, yeah. So Yeah, which is something that we always tried our, to not yeah, do. We tried our best not to do that, la. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But yes. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And what about your one shook thing, man? Uh, my one shook thing is uh, an offshoot of the Netflix documentary that's out now. It's called, I think it's called In the Name of God. Um, it's mm. a documentary about some South Korean cults. And uh, I think it's like of four different South Korean cults. And the first one is of uh, Yong, Jong Myung Sook. JMS or Providence Church. Uh, basically, mm. there is a convicted rapist who is at the head of a, of a South Korean uh, church. And uh, the story is just crazy. Uh, the story is, um, the story of, is of him, uh, you know, he, he spent a good part of his, the early years of the church, like, uh, uh, apparently, apparently, uh, sexually assaulting a lot of his followers. And creating a cult of personality around himself such that he had huge groups of women, you know, following him around. And, uh, you know, and the, the, the thing is he got convicted. Lah. He got convicted. He went to jail for 10 years from 2008 or 2009 to 2018. 
And uh, mm. apparently when he came out, he continued doing a lot of what he was doing. Uh. And uh, this this documentary actually speaks to the latest, uh, the latest, the, the people who have most recently accused him of sexual assault. Uh. And, and now I think he's mm. under investigation again. But uh, the, the crazy thing is that he's still the head of that church. He's still seen as the, the you know, the father figure of that church. And uh, the, you, there are literally, the church, they have literally have websites and articles dedicated to debunking what you read about in the in the documentary. Lah. So I, I think mm. a lot of people might have seen the documentary because I think it's one of the top 10 uh, most viewed uh, shows in Singapore on Netflix. But I would point you to these to these uh, blog posts or articles by the by the organization as well. They're trying to debunk the trying to debunk the documentary, and then you read it and, and yeah, get a sense of of uh, yeah. Do you believe what you're reading, uh, what you watch, or what you're reading? Uh, yeah. Oh shit! So it's a series, or, or yeah, it's a series. One, of, uh, I think like there are maybe two or three episodes on each different cult. So there, I think there are four cults. Oh, shit. Yeah, there are four cults that are profiled in the in the series. I've only gone through the first three episodes, which are about JMS Providence. Uh, but it's 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 really wow. crazy. Uh, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Do you know the other three cults? i not 100% sure yet, but remember that, that during COVID in Singapore, there was one particular Korean uh, cult that was, uh, that there was a super spreader event uh, in Korea, yeah, and then yeah, it yeah. was discovered yeah. in Singapore. Yeah. They also had followers as well. So it's this cult. No, no, is no, it? no. It's a different cult. Oh, but I think the oh. yeah, the shocking thing is how many of these different cults there are la, in in Korea, mm. and uh, mm. and you sort of get an understanding of why are, why is the why are there so many followers of these cults in a place like Korea? La? Yeah. So so it's mm. it's uh, it's quite shocking like the the extent to which. These uh these cults manage to, you know, embed themselves into whether it's university life or just amongst groups of uh lonely vulnerable women. Uh, yeah. Wow. Mm. Interesting. Yes. Uh. How about you? Cool. What is your one um, shop thing? My one shop thing is a collaboration between a previous shop thing of mine, and I don't think mm. the other person has been a shop thing before, but it's a uh, Harry Mac. You know, I've spoken about Harry. Mark Rebbe, eh? No, 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 no. That one, oh, oh, no, that okay, one happened already. That one happened. Oh, happened already. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, it's Harry Mack, who is a freestyle rapper who kind of blew up during COVID. And now, mm. I mean, first of all, it's been awesome to watch him go from this, just this one dude going on the beaches of Venice in, um, uh, Venice Beach. Venice Beach. Yeah, Venice yeah. Beach. Uh, in LA, just freestyling. And now he's, he's, uh, like, I mean, doing things with Soldier Boy and like, uh, Getting on Sway, uh, a big, a big mm. radio station in the US. So recently he did a collaboration with Beardy Man. So okay. Beardy Man is someone who is like a vocalizer, looper, and he does crazy ass shit with his voice. Uh. So he's a beatboxer, mm. but he also loops. So he, so both of them collaborated and you just watch it, right? It's insane. La. Like everything is unplanned. Everything is improvised and mm. it's just, mm. Like, Beauty Man has all these computers around him and he uses his voice, he loops it, he adds some mm. synthesizer and reverb and all this other shit and then Harry Mack just raps on top of it. Mm. So, so he, he like, uh, 
enhances his voice and puts things that weren't yes. there. there la. Yeah, I mean, it's just all... Like the, just like the moon photos. It's all from That's the source. Photos, Terrence, right? it's all from oh. the source. <laughs> yes, it's from the source. He, oh, sits, okay, he, okay, okay. he speaks into a mic and then he uses mm. that. Ah, okay, okay. So yeah. that's not too bad. Like, yeah, that's not okay, too bad. Okay, so yeah, yeah. so you watch it, it's just insane. Like, I mean, even a few minutes, you get a feel of it. Ooh, it's amazing. Mm. Amazing, man. Harry Mack. Harry Mack and nice. Beauty Man. Cool. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Awesome, Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't forget to check out our our uh, podcast recording with Kevin Pereira, mm. uh, uh, the AI expert from mm. Hong Kong. I think it's a really good listen and, and you only can catch it on YouTube. That's YouTube exclusive. You can only see it on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube exclusive. Yeah. Sweet. All, All right. right, man. Thanks, everyone. Cool.